Are you offering your clients the experience they really want? Or are you offering them what you think they want? Join hosts Laura Gregg and David Partain from FlexShares Exchange Traded Funds as they talk with a variety of industry experts and advisors, just like you, about their latest industry research to help you develop the flexible mindset you need to rise above the crowd. Hello, and welcome to the Flexible Advisor Podcast. I'm David Partain, and I'm joined with my absolutely fantastic co-host, Laura Gregg. Hello, Laura. Oh, well, David, thank you so much. I'm <laughs> thrilled to be here, as always. On the Flexible Advisor, we seek to invite guests that will provide unique insights and actual ideas for advisors that want to fine-tune or grow their businesses while deepening client relationships. Over the past five years, FlexShares has done a lot of research around advisor wellness. We began the survey actually in 2017 at the height of the bull market, and we found that advisors, although they love their careers, actually carried a great deal of stress, much more than the average person. And of course, the last two years, who could forget that, have been stressful for everyone. And we revisited the research in late 2020 to understand the impact of the pandemic and advisors' well-being. Again, they continue to value their careers, which is nice to see, and the engagement that they had with clients was very rewarding, but they remain stressed. Today, we're excited to talk about what some firms are doing to assist their advisors and how they are using data from their insurance carriers to identify areas where employees may need more support. Our guest today is Amy Dittman, who is a health promotion specialist that works with Stiefel to help guide the organization to better support their employees in their health, well-being, and fitness. Amy will talk to us about adjustments we can all make to live a healthier life. Amy, welcome to the Flexible Advisor Podcast. We are so delighted to be speaking with you today. David, thank you so much. I appreciate the invite. I actually was talking with a colleague today and she said, what's on your schedule today? I said, well, I'm going to be on a podcast. And she said, what? And I said, yeah, how did this end up being my life? I'm doing fancy <laughs> things in arenas I never thought possible. So I really appreciate this opportunity to talk about well-being with you today. Oh, that's great. Well, before we get started, it would be great to hear if you could so tell us a little bit about your background and your current role and what exactly you're doing for Stiefel and their advisors. Absolutely. So my background actually is in counseling. I have a master's degree in counseling from Auburn University. Anybody out there? War Eagle. Uh, I wait, love, wait, you love, wait, you wait. love Georgia. You love Georgia right now, don't you? Uh, yeah, Georgia <laughs> for now is our best friend. But actually, the Auburn Georgia rivalry is long mm -hmm. and storied even That's more true. than the Auburn Alabama rivalry. Okay. Well, so. I am a Roll Tide family. Amy, <laughs> oh well, so. you know I do have a comeback for that, but I don't know if I want to say it on a podcast. <laughs> so um, okay. Well, yeah, so we'll still let you be on our fancy pod cast, even Thank though you. you're from Auburn. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, yeah, I got a master's degree in counseling at Auburn. Uh, in the midst of my internship and practicum, I realized that I really didn't want to be a therapist, but I did want to be able to impact um, relationships and um, really help people be their best selves. And I did that through a variety of ways. I actually thought that I would work on a college campus the rest of my life uh, in residence life, but that just didn't happen. I did do that. I did work in higher education, loved all of it. Uh, but I, I moved to St. Louis and 
I started working at uh, the YMCA. So I worked not as soon as I got here, but uh, for 14 years, I worked for the YMCA. I had a pretty significant weight loss story. I had been overweight my whole life and I had a really significant weight loss and became a fitness instructor and just worked my way up through the ranks at the Y and became an executive director. In that time, gained a lot of that weight back. I just led a very stressful life. And so I made this change to become a health promotion specialist and serve Stiefel. And a lot of things started to change. Uh, my well-being got better because I was more focused on well, the well-being of others along with myself. But it, it was a really good change for me. I was still doing all of the things that I really, really enjoyed. Uh, as you grow into the ranks of executive leadership, you sometimes lose contact with all the reasons that you really loved doing what you're doing. So now I'm back to actually working with people. So as a health promotion specialist, I am a one-to-many program, but the person that I am, I do make a lot of one-to-one relationships. And so this has been probably, I, I say it all the time that this is the best job I've ever had. I get to every day have some sort of impact on the lives of our associates. And in turn, my life gets better every day. So uh, at Stiefel, we really are focusing on how do we make small changes to have a huge positive impact on our well-being. And that's basically what my role is. I just try and get people to look at things that they'd like to change, maybe things that they'd like to add that has a good positive impact on their well-being. So Amy, as I understand it, you've been working with Stiefel for a while, but tell us a little bit more about that relationship. How did you transfer over from being at the YMCA to financial services? What did that look like? And and what are you focused on helping? What are some of those little changes you're helping Stiefel implement? Sure. So actually the health promotion specialist role was part of Stiefel's healthcare package. So when they were offered to add this role to their package, I think that Kristen Johnson, our director for benefits and compensation at Stiefel, took a risk and said, yeah, let's go ahead and do that. So walking through the doors of a financial institution every day, I sometimes think to myself, Amy, how did you get here? Because, you know, I'm not as savvy in the financial world as I am in the well-being world. And it's really about serving people. So the relationship started as part of their healthcare package. I think that companies across the United States really do care about the well-being of their people, but they don't have a person dedicated to that. A lot of times it falls on a professional in HR, and it'll be another responsibility on top of their already full plate of responsibilities. So it doesn't really get its full due. Uh, And I think that Stiefel really saw this as a way to really show their associates that they care about them. And so that's what I get to do. I get to care about people every day, every day that I go into work. And so what we're trying to do and the things that we're trying to focus on are what are what are our top spends? In, in our healthcare? What are the top spends? And how do we figure out ways to have a positive impact on that? And it's not just about the spend, because when the spend goes down, that means that the people are feeling better 
they're healthier, uh, and they are living a better life than they were living before. So those really are the things that we're focused on. Uh, one of the added things that came with me, and it's just because I was very, very curious about all of their benefits, because I thought if I'm going to be that person that people see uh, that they want to ask the question to, I need to know as much as I can. And so I got to know Stiefel's benefits packages inside and out, and I found small little what I now what we call micro benefits at Stiefel embedded in their plans. And so now when people come and they say, you know, hey, I, I'm struggling with some grief. My mom died. We have a partner in MetLife that offers grief counseling. We have our EAP that offers counseling. We have so many embedded benefits. And so that was kind of an added extra that I think nobody expected. Uh, and so those are those are a couple of the things that we're working on at Stiefel. Um, Northern Trust, like Stiefel's great company and a large company. And David and I are certainly blessed to have a wide range of resources at our disposal. And so if I'm being honest, though, there are a lot of them that I, and I'm using air quotes, kind of know about, but I've never really taken the time to understand them better or, or utilize them at all, quite frankly. And one of those things is the Northern Trust Employee Assistance Program or that EAP that you mentioned before. And so when we were preparing for today's conversation, you mentioned to me that you've been able to dramatically increase the use of Stiefel's EAP. And I'm, I'm hoping you could define a little bit more about what an EAP is and tell us how that increased usage has benefited um, the employees, specifically advisors, if you have any stories there, and the organization overall. Sure. So employee assistance programs are probably one of the things that I would say every corporation should have. Everybody who has employees should have some sort of support for them uh, with an EAP. At Stiefel, we call it Stiefel Work-Life Solutions, but it's more, a lot of people hear EAP and they think about counseling. And that's not just the only thing that EAPs offer. I think the, the broader message of how we were able to increase our usage of our EAP, we did that we increased the, the overall utilization of our EAP by 20% in two years. When I first got there, their overall utilization was 3%. And in December, I, got, I started in 2019 in January. And by December 2020, overall utilization was at 23.9%. And I credit that to a lot of different things. But first and foremost, one of my platforms was really to break down the stigma around mental health. We have to learn to normalize those conversations in the workplace. We talk all the time about our high blood pressure. Uh, we talk about, you know, that time that I blew my knee out playing soccer. We talk about the things that are easily curable through medicine, but we find it very difficult to talk about how anxiety impacts us every day or that our partner is suffering from depression. Those are, those are conversations that we have to normalize in the workplace. Um, and so we've really taken that to heart at Stiefel and we have those honest conversations. And well, we're trying to have those honest conversations. I have the honest conversations 100% of the time. I think that that's the only way that we really, really have true impact. And that's the way that you really get that utilization up because then people are, it's, it's easier for people to talk about. We, um, 
my, I personally work with our training manager and with new manager orientation, any person that gets promoted to a manager comes in from an outside organization as a manager, they go through new manager training at CFL and I get to be part of that. And I get to talk about some of those benefits that they don't know about. And I always capitalize on talking about our CFL work-life solutions. The more people know the better they are able to access services that are provided for them. Because if, if, you're, if you're a corporation or a financial firm that is investing the money in this benefit and people aren't utilizing it, it then we have to figure out how to make that work for people. So employee assistance programs are not just about counseling. It's great that employers offer free sessions for counseling. And it varies depending on the employer. But there are so many other services that EAPs offer. Uh, with our EAP provider, we have free access to coaching sessions. So if you just you know, need to get coached a little bit on how to land that next role at your firm, or if you um, are looking to get to a small goal, like I want to lose 10 pounds, you can utilize a coach to be able to do that. And that doesn't count against your sessions. Uh, there are, are different things uh, like work-life services. If you need some financial coaching, or if you need help finding elder care, you're now caring for your parents and you need to find services like that. You can oft oftentimes reach out to your EAP and their advocates on the line can help you figure out how to find those services. So it's, it's a lot more. And at C4 Work Life Solutions, they also have a discount center. So you can get discounts on a new car, discounts on a vacation, things like that. So there are lots of different services that are embedded in an employee assistance program because that's exactly what it is. It's assistance for employees around a lot of different areas. So I, I, one question thought kept coming in my mind as you were speaking, Amy, and that was the, the issue of privacy. You talked a little bit about how we we need to normalize and talk about mental health, and and I'm wondering, are is the lack of usage of an EAP, for instance, um, partly due to people being concerned that their private matters might get disseminated to their manager or to other people within the organization? Yes, absolutely. I know that when I first started at Stiefel, that when people would drop in my office, since they knew that my background was in counseling, they would drop in my office. They also understood that I was not a Stiefel employee, that I that I was uh, a contractor, basically, that I serve Stiefel associates. The first question then when they would come into my office to ask about Stiefel Work-Life Solutions, the very first question was, is my manager going to find out about this? And I reassured them that anything they brought to me was in was in strictest confidence, but employee assistance programs are third party and they're protected by all those same confidentiality rules that your doctor, your medical doctor is um, driven by. So a lot of times I would pull the reporting out of my file and I would show it to him. I go, this is the reporting that Stiefel gets on usage of the EAP. You can see that it is just numbers. Nobody has any access to who's accessing the services. What, what we're looking for is what are the issues that people are bringing? Um, what's the utilization? Because again, we're looking at how well people are utilizing it. Are people 
satisfied or are our associates satisfied with the service that they're getting through Stiefel Work Life Solutions. But I, I would agree with you that it's, it's a culture thing. It's a work culture thing. And the more that we can shift culture and normalize those conversations, especially with our managers, because a lot of times managers are the people that will know how to connect you if you don't have somebody like me on, uh, on staff. So it's, it's really important to really start normalizing those conversations, but to understand that every employee assistance program is a third party and they're protected by strict confidentiality laws. So in our advisor wellness study, um, and this has been true for the, the three times we've done the, the research, uh, female advisors have been more likely to tell us that they're feeling stressed. And so we had on the podcast, uh, actually a couple of times, Dr. Chloe Carmichael, who, when we, we dove into that, her comment was, um, being stressed isn't a bad thing. Anxiety isn't a bad thing. In fact, both of those things can be drivers to great performance. Um, and, and quite frankly, by being able to talk about it and name what you're feeling is an indicator of good mental health versus the other way around. And um, with with the advisors at Stiefel and all of those others that are out there that are attached to a large company uh, like a Stiefel or a Northern Trust that may have this available, you know, hopefully we, we know you're stressed. You've all told us you're stressed that through all of our research, hopefully now you can be open to using uh, the resources that may be available to you. Yes, I 100% agree with that. I would say that financial advisors and people that work in the financial industry, um, I don't know the absolute stats on that, but we rank really high in uh, stress. Uh, so you're not alone. That's the biggest thing. You're not alone. Feeling the way that you feel, you're definitely not alone. But I think that if you're a financial advisor and you're not stressed, I think it's time to probably check in with yourself and really assess how you're feeling. I, I do think that across the country, right, we're, we're heading into year three now of a global pandemic. Everybody's stressed out on different levels. Uh, so, yeah, I 100% agree with you that ev- even though females may express it more, it doesn't mean that their male counterparts are not feeling it just as strongly. So, Laura, do you think the Northern Trust EAP can give me a discount on my income taxes? What do you think? <laughs> no, I, I don't even know where to go with that one, David. <laughs> All right. So, Amy, we're talking about data. Data seems to be taking over the world. You and I are, are theoretically in very different fields, and yet data and metrics are key to success, it sounds like, in both of our positions. So we you talked about how you're using uh, data on the EAP front. Tell us about how you're using the health insurance data to guide your areas of focus at Stiefel and what you found surprising and also not so surprising when you dug into the metrics. Yes, I do love data. <laughs> so just in every in every aspect, you know that numbers tell a story. Yes. So uh, from the claims data that I have access to, our top five spends at Stiefel and the top five, you know, the top five issues I don't think are very different than any other firm across the country. So first and foremost, what we're dealing with 
is musculoskeletal. We call it MSK in the healthcare field, uh, musculoskeletal issues. So, you know, your bad backs, your bad hips, your bad joints, all of those things, that's really the top spend in, I would say, probably across the country. Uh, the next four, and I'll, I'll tell you the top five, uh, one of them I was very happy to see in there. And you're going to say, really? Uh, but it's top is MSK followed by cancer, which mm. in a lot of ways, we don't have a lot of control over how cancer pops up in somebody's body, right. heart disease, depression, and diabetes. Those are the top five that we spend on at Stiefel. And I would say that that is probably, probably not unlike any other firm across the country, not unlike any other corporation across the country. What I was very happy and pleased to see make the top five was depression. And you, the reason I say that is because that is a true indicator that at least people are addressing it, that they're stepping forward and they saying, yes, this is an issue and I need to have some sort of treatment for that. So now we've put behavioral health into the top five, which I think is we can't ignore it anymore. So I thought that that was uh, something surprising and I was actually very happy to see that. But, you know, I get to compare our medical data to our pharmacy data as well. So I get to see all of those reports and really start connecting dots. So if I don't exactly know what areas we're spending on in musculoskeletal, I can look over at pharmacy and see, oh, we're doing this pain reliever, this anti-inflammatory. And so then start, you know, asking questions about how do we start having positive impact on this? So that's really where I, those are, those numbers are what I use as my foundation to really look at a strategy and what do we try to accomplish over the next three years? What can we do to have a positive impact. So part of my strategy be, strategy be, will be looking at how do people sit at their desks? Is that adding is that adding to our problem? Is their workspace adequate enough that they're not leaning in too far, looking up just slightly at their screen? Those are small changes that you can adjust to have such a deeper impact on how you spend your day because we spend more time at work than we do in our own homes sometimes. And so those environments are, are important. The other thing that's equally important is just standing up. If you could stand up for 10 minutes each hour, the amount of positive change that will happen in your body is incredible. It's incredible. So just those things alone, when we look at our spend in MSK, doing things like looking at ergonomics, but also things like, why don't, if we could have a walking challenge, where can we implement workplace policy that encourages movement every hour? Those are the kinds of things that we look at. And those are the kinds of things that you build a strategy around and you can't build a strategy unless you know where the problems are. And we get to know where our problems are when we're looking at the data. Yeah, I I had a back issue this winter, and it was strictly because I have two screens on my desk, and the way they were positioned and the way uh, my chair and my desk was positioned was actually doing real damage because I was having to lean over and look left at this other screen because I was mostly in front of the right screen, and uh, the 
the therapist that I went to said, you have to get a new desk. You have to get it up higher. You have to get a new chair. And it has made all the difference in the world. I'm sitting here now with no back back issues. And it's because when I'm talking to one screen, I physically move my chair to that screen because you don't know how many millions of times per day that you turn your body. You're just all when you, and if you don't do that, it can cause serious problems. So I totally understand what you're talking about. Yes, absolutely. Just that small little tip in your neck. If you wear progressive lenses, Mm -hmm. if your screens aren't down lower, then you're Mm -hmm. like, you're tipping your neck up to see. There are lots of things to take into account. And those those microaggressions on your spine Mm -hmm. can cause big problems. Okay. Well, I just stood up while you were talking and I feel so much better. (laughs) See, positive impact all the way around. (laughs) Absolutely. So I I understand that uh, Stiefel brought employees back to the office some time ago, the the, down to the St. Louis office. And in many places, Northern Trust, uh, including David and I, um, uh, are still, the employees are still working remotely as plans for a return keep being upended by the new COVID variants. But as people have gotten comfortable working remotely, and David even more comfortable now with this chair and <laughs> whatnot, um, how can firms, both large and small, I, w- I want to focus on, you know, I, I don't think that this conversation is just about great big corporations. I think there's takeaways everybody can get from this. But firms large and small, how can they successfully bring people back to the office uh, from both a health safety standpoint, but also an emotional standpoint? There are so many people that that I've talked to over the last year that have no desire to go back. They've they've gotten comfortable um, and they they fear when they we'll need to go back. Sure. Physical workspaces are very important. So again, you commented on people have gotten very comfortable at home. I've said throughout the pandemic that those people that are introverts are living their best lives right now if they're still at home. Uh, For me, I'm very much more extroverted. I was not living my best life at home. But for those that are introverts, they're living their best life. But when you ask people to start coming back. There are lots of things I think that you take into account. Let's talk physical space to begin with. You have to make it a safe environment for people. Do you have desks spaced well enough? Uh, Are there hand sanitizing stations? Do you have adequate uh, soap and towels in the bathrooms at all times? At Stiefel, while we were gone for several, several months, different things happened at the home office. There are more hand sanitizing stations everywhere. But one of the things that they did was they installed on all of the bathroom doors different ways for you to open the door where you don't always have to touch the handle. And I thought that that was genius. They provided uh, masks, Stiefel branded masks for people as they came back. Um, So there were lots of things that they put into place to help associates feel safe coming back. So those physical spaces, that's something very, very important. I did have an opportunity to connect with uh, some of our financial advisors in branches across the country. And uh, one person said that their office really didn't close much during the during you know, when everybody else was shut down. They made this the space very safe for people. Clients still came as they felt safe. Uh, they have large conference rooms to accommodate that distance. Uh, They make sure, especially now that 
uh, if clients prefer that everybody stay masked, everybody stays masked. So there are lots of precautions that you can take to make sure that your people that you're inviting back feel okay physically about coming back. The other part of that is emotionally. How are you going to support them as they work, work themselves back into a work routine? I say this all the time is that we're different people than we were BC. I say BC before COVID. Uh, we're different people now than we were BC. When we were all home for all of those months, we got a lot of time back. So especially, you know, for some people, they didn't have to wake up two hours early, shower, put their makeup on, get their commute in, get into work, get settled. That takes a lot of time for some people. And so they were able to get all of that time back and they took that time and reinvested it in themselves and in their, in their families or their partners or their children or their friend groups. Um, so they invested that time back into themselves. So asking them to come back, that takes that time back away. So how then do you help support those people that are coming back? Again, if you have an EAP, that's fantastic. If you can ease them back into the into the into the work routine, that's also a great way to do that. If you can do things uh, to engage your employees in different ways, not not necessarily parties and things like that, but how do you engage them in other ways? I listened to a podcast, um, probably, I would say. In 2020, I believe it was in 2020, all of my time runs together these days, but I was listening to a podcast about return to work and the main speaker, her name is Jen Fisher. She works at Deloitte. She is their chief global well-being officer. Uh, she said, the one question to pay attention to is when you ask people to come back, what are you asking them to come back to? Are you asking them to come back to doing their singular work, sitting next to each other? Or are you inviting them to come back to do collaborative work? So you really have to ask yourself, what are, what are you inviting associates to come back to? And so are there added things that you can put in the workplace that makes it more comfortable for them physically and emotionally? Um, I think that we just have to figure out how to support people. There's a basic need for humans, and that's connection. Whether you're an introvert and you think that you know, being at home all this time has been the best thing ever, you still desire connection, whether that's just with your few close friends or with a community larger than that. But one of the basic human needs is connection. And so those groups that you work with, although you might be able to see their faces on Zoom, it's very different than being in the same space with them. And so that's one of those things. And I think too, Laura, we talked about this as we were prepping for this podcast, is that I think too that corporations and firms, small businesses, however big your organization is, there's also the idea that you're part of a bigger community of where your office space is. I know at Stiefel, one of the things that's been positive about our people returning to the office is actually for downtown St. Louis. Our building is located at the corner of downtown. And we're on a very vibrant side of St. Louis next to the Dome and America Center where huge conferences started coming back. But I really do think that Stiefel was a catalyst in that. And it's, it's part of their part of bringing people back 
downtown. So all of those small businesses, those small restaurants, things like that, they're able to operate again and to and to sustain their own livelihood again. So there is something to be said for organizations asking their people to return. Because if you think about it, if everybody packs up and goes home and never comes back to their buildings, what what does that mean for American cities and small businesses and things like that? So I think that Stiefel has thought about that. And I think they've been thoughtful in that realm as well. So they're taking into account physical well-being, emotional well-being, and then social well-being. How are we a good social partner in the St. Louis community, in uh, in New York, in San Francisco, our major offices, and across the country with all of our, our small private client groups? How do we give that back to our communities? So I think it's a lot to take in. It's not a simple it's not a simple decision. And I think that being able to look at the bigger picture can sometimes help as people return as well. When you uh, mentioned that to me first a few weeks ago, I was struck because in all of the, the, the thoughts I've had about the pandemic, the return to work, the future of work, whatever, I, I never really thought of it through that lens. And it, it, corporate social responsibility is important. And so thank you for bringing that and catching my attention because it, it really did affect kind of the way I'm thinking of things going forward. So I appreciate that. Yes, absolutely. And it also helps when you start thinking about, you know, socially and sustainability. And we talk about these things in well-being at Stiefel. We are launching into social well-being. And part of that is how do you give back to your communities? What role do you play? And again, now how do you reduce your carbon footprint? That's also something that Stiefel is really starting to look at. So again, it's it's so much to take in. And I mean, a global pandemic is not something to be taken lightly. And returning to work, it it's it's you have to really look at the responsibility around several bases, right? Not just physical well-being, but emotional and social well-being as well. So we we've talked about mental health and raising awareness of it. One of the things that we uh, have also talked about on the podcast, and I'd be curious to get your take on it, is what can advisors do as they either sit across a Zoom screen screen from their clients or in the same room, if they feel that their, their clients may be struggling with stress, anxiety, or something uh, something else related to their mental health. I'm curious on this front, have, have you been coaching advisors at all? Is there Has there been any discussion um, about this topic at Stiefel? Well, I will say that early on in the pandemic, I had um, sent out some um, work from home toolkits, things like that. And I got a lot of calls from advisors across the country. Can I share this with my clients? And unfortunately at the time, that wasn't able to happen. But I do have calls from uh, financial advisors across the country based on either things that we've done, uh, programs that we've done, things that are in my newsletter. And they'll ask, you know, how can I get my clients in touch with these kinds of resources? And the best thing you can do as a financial advisor is find those own resources in your community. If you're a financial advisor and you have at your firm and employee assistance program, call them up and ask them to the best places to find those kinds of resources. But in your small communities, even 
find out what those resources are. You know from your own experience the things that you are going through. You understand the stress. You your clients are coming to you and saying, "Hey, these are the things that are important to me. This is what I need you this is where I need you to grow my money because these things are becoming important to me." And through those stories that your clients tell you, if you're listening well enough, you can start to hear what maybe some of those issues might be. And so I would also say that if you if you think you notice things or if you think you hear something in a story, don't be afraid to ask. Uh, is there something that, you know, some sort of service that you're looking for that I might be able to help you find? Be that connector, right? In so many ways, I feel like that really has been my true calling in life. And especially over the last three years, I've noticed that I'm, I'm a person that connect people to people and people to programs or people to resources. Anybody can do that. You just have to figure out what those resources are in your community and have them ready. That's one of the best ways I think that that you serve people. And if one of the things that I've learned at Stiefel is that the relationship between advisor and client is one of the most esteemed pieces. And it's something that Stiefel truly pays attention to because those relationships are so important. And I think that I especially take that to heart because relationships are extremely important to me as well, both personally and professionally. And so think of that client, if it was your brother or your sister or your parent that came to you with those same kinds of issues, what would you be willing to do to help support them? So from a financial advisor standpoint, if it's a client that comes to you maybe with some concerns, you may be that one trusted person in their life that they think they can bring anything to because you've done great things for them and you've supported that relationship and they trust you. So just having some different resources, numbers, hotlines, there are plenty of hotlines out there, all of those things, just have them on hand. And should somebody need that, you are available to give them those resources. It's up to them to actually make those connections, but at least you have been able to do something to be prepared for that. So did I answer that question adequately? Yeah, no, I really appreciate that. And and uh, I think it's so helpful. It's people often struggle just getting started. So to have somebody offer a number or somebody that they can reach out to may be a truly life-saving um, thing. Sure. Well, you hit hit upon two people who love data as much as you do, and it really has been wonderful to have you on the show today. You've offered some great insights and and some help here. So, understanding the implications of a healthy office is, as you know, is critical for us all. I'm wondering if you can think of just one or two key items that managers or advisory firm owners can put into place to help their employees and themselves live a healthier life in 2022. Sure. First and foremost, I would say what's important for managers especially is to really create a workspace and a culture that encourages real conversations so that anybody who reports to you if they're struggling with something can come in and say, hey, I'm really struggling with this. And you may or may not have answers, but there is an opportunity for you to create a good pathway for healing for them. The second thing I would say is to encourage standing and drinking water. 
I mean, I will, I will say that to the end of my days. Mm-hmm. If you can encourage your people to stand up once an hour, walk and get some water in the office and go back, it does a lot of great things for, for individuals. I would also say letting them get outside, take a walk around the building, especially when the sun's out, getting that natural vitamin D into your system creates a lot of good uh, neural pathways for the good brain chemicals to pop up. Uh, and it also helps for them to uh, start winding down at night. So when you go out in the sun, your serotonin and all those things rise. And then as you come back in and that serotonin comes down, your melatonin starts creating so that you can have a more restful night's sleep. And so people with adequate sleep and a good work environment are happier. Um, I would say more loyal uh, and they'll probably be with it with you until, you know, until the end. So people that work in really good work cultures uh, with employers that care about them uh, tend to stay. And if they do uh, get into a space where they've learned what they can learn and you've supported them and developed them and they move on to bigger and better things, it's a great reflection on the time that they spent with you. So creating that good work culture and some good, easy avenues for them just to get some movement into their day and to let them get hydrated. That's that's great stuff. I'm I'm kind of uh, I'm out of breath because I was just running around my office. <laughs> I'm sure uh, you were. <laughs> well, Amy, the information that you shared today is so relevant and necessary. And of course, it has been great to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. If you are an advisor and would like to know more about Amy, just connect with her on LinkedIn. That's Amy Dittman, A-M-Y-D-I-T-T-M-A-N. If you like this podcast, you may also like the other Flex Shows podcast called Funds in Focus. Check it out today and you'll find it wherever you get your podcasts. For myself and Laura Gregg, we want to thank you, our listeners, for joining us on today's episode of The Flexible Advisor. Thank you for listening to The Flexible Advisor podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of FlexShares Exchange Traded Funds or Northern Trust. All investments involve risk, including possible loss of principal. Before investing, carefully consider the FlexShares investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. This and other information is in the prospectus and a summary prospectus, copies of which may be obtained by visiting www.flexshares.com. Read the prospectus carefully before you invest. Foresight Fund Services, LLC Distributor. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Although we attempt to keep the information complete and current, we do not warrant that the content herein is accurate, complete, or current. We make no commitment to update the content herein. It is your responsibility to verify any information before relying on it. The content of this podcast may include technical inaccuracies. We may make changes in the products and or services described herein at any time. We provide you this information with the understanding that we are not rendering accounting, legal, or tax advice. Please consult your legal or tax advisor concerning such matters.